Welcome to another episode of the Lookout Landing podcast. I am Kate Prusser, the managing editor of Lookout Landing, and with me is John Troopin. John, how are you tonight? I'm doing well. I'm glad you're speaking in your mortician voice, and uh, I think it's unfortunately appropriate for the for the situation. I was going more for funeral home director, but... So what... Okay, maybe I have a misunderstanding of what a mortician is. I think the mortician is the one who makes up the bodies. Like, they... Is that... Like, the the human... uh, They touch uh, the bodies. I don't think funeral directors don't touch the bodies, I don't think. They set up the funeral. A mortician appears to be a undertaker or funeral director. So it, I think it's a general, it appears to be a general thing, but I, you, you, you may be correct in, in most circumstances. I don't know. I read a pretty good book about a mortician <laughs> called uh, Smoke Gets in Your Eyes. She worked at a crematorium. That's a bit grim, but in fairness, I, I did play a lot of baseball games at Bobby Morris uh, it, growing up in middle school and high school and always would get hungry when we'd smell something uh, that tasted or smelled quite good and then realized it was the crematorium next door that was going. So that was a cheery experience. Oh, dear. Uh, uh, we're sort of in a bad place tonight because currently the Mariners are being defeated by the Athletics 6 to nothing. I'm also watching the Tacoma game. Chase Young gave up six runs despite uh, the Tacoma fighting for three. He's just given up a sixth, and now Mark Lowe is coming in, which does not usually end well. So, And Yonder Alonso just hit a home run. And, uh, oh, Jesus, are you kidding so, me? Yeah. Oh, not, man. Not the good ones. Not the good ones. Um, yeah, it's been it's been a remarkably long, uh, short week. Yeah, it's uh, been, it has been awful. It has been brutal. Yeah. Just, yeah. just brutal. I mean, yeah. you know, and I really pin a lot of it to getting swept by the Phillies because when you lose two games to the worst team in baseball, I just think it, it changes your momentum and they've just been awful since it It feels like they've literally not won a game, even though I know that they won in against Anaheim. It certainly makes it feel more, more of a, piling on as a fan whether whether the team feels that way or not and whether they are performing that way or not it it has certainly felt as as insurmountable as uh any any stretch you know p- other than i guess the, the scoreless streak earlier this season yeah, yeah. I, oh I think you you you, were, you made a remark of that hitters are coming up to the plate hungry against Mariners mm-hmm. pitching and it very much does feel like the uh the the style or whatever whatever sort of uh plan uh, that pitchers are coming to the plate with uh has is either not being executed well or has been pretty well scouted and figured out and yeah an adjustment is not being made quickly enough so no, and the offense has gone stone cold too. I mean, they've been they've been on base a ton of times tonight. They could have switched this game around and they've just, you know, we have two plans and we have 
grounding into double plays and just terrible, terrible, terrible. They are terrible (laughs) right now. They are hard to watch. They are hard to write about. They're hard to think about. Indeed. So So, let's uh, let's instead turn ourselves to perhaps who might what new faces we might see uh, that that might be a little bit less hard to watch uh, as well as what old faces might need to be uh, parted with to acquire right right the season is not over but Jerry was on the radio today just saying like we have to win all of these games basically we have to go into the all-star break strong Mm -hmm. we have to if they want any chance uh, Mm -hmm. before they go on that horrible road trip yeah. So this is yeah. not the start, and it <laughs> yeah. just doesn't feel like they're gonna pull it together. So, right. and you know, it, it, as you said, I mean, you know, it's not like they're buried in in the standings. You know, they're maybe you know, they they if they split this series, they may find themselves five or six games back, which is like not good, but it's or, you know of a playoff spot, you know, which is not good but it's not as though that's insurmountable in a few months but as you said it's just the the context of you know these are the games in your schedule that you look at and think you should have wins so you can't you know if you are going to plan around anything you would plan around these being your best chances and uh you it's difficult to justify doing anything to really strengthen the team in the short term when you look forward and say well those are our the games we were probably going to lose ahead of us and the games we were probably going to win we just lost behind us so yeah yeah it's uh it is a frustrating situation but um but there you know there are different uh different sort of targets and different and different moves that that are that can be made and will be made, uh, whether they are major sells, minor sells, minor buys, uh, unlikely to be major buys. But um, we, you know, I think we we talked about this, and we thought we would go through sort of the players uh, on the roster at the moment, and and a few other players in the organization, and just contextualize what might be and and who right. might move or who certainly won't. Uh, all right, so the first tier is in going over the tradability of our assets. Uh, the first tier is guys we cannot trade for whatever reason. And unfortunately, most of the people on this list, well, yeah, are yeah. because of contracts, right? Mm. Yeah, uh, I mean, Cano, you can't really trade. Felix, you can't really trade. Uh, Kuma, you can't trade because, you know, he may not be able to pitch anymore which is yes might not actually be functioning mlb pitcher anymore um yeah and you know uh seager has certainly a a team friendly contract um but but still a pretty big contract right yeah uh, yeah one one that one that is i think reasonable and equivalent to his value but not one that a team would take on lightly in if their payroll was set at what they were expecting Uh, also year. in a league that is ridiculously populated with third baseman right yes. now yeah. and uh is having sort of a down year for him so yeah, yeah. not doable 
Um, Segura, obviously, they just extended, so mm-hmm. not going to be shipping him out. Yeah. Um, and as much as our friends at Astros, <sighs> the Astros site might despair over this, we, we put Paxton in the not tradable yeah. category. John, I mean, it was sort of a gut instinct, but why do you think Paxton can't be moved? So it's it's a combination of things really right it's it's he's the highest ceiling and the only really you know truly ace pitcher in in the organization um you know at, at least until you you know if, until you start squinting in single a um and paxton has shown you know that he is this dominant pitcher or and has the capacity to be this dominant pitcher and even on his off days he can be uh, you know sort of the the kind of guy that you can trust in to give you a chance to win uh, and the Mariners don't have anyone else like that really um you know who who has showcased that consistently so um that combined with his sort of spotty injury history which would i think mm-hmm. give more pause in a you know potential trade partner than if he had done it you know, if, if this was a guy who uh, had done this for years, you know, I think it, he's he's someone who, you know, just wouldn't get you – he'd, he'd either – you know, for you to get appropriate value f- by trading him, essentially he would have to get hurt after being traded. <laughs> and that is not the kind of person that I think I would sell. Um because if he's healthy, then you're going to have sold low on him, yeah. uh, and that's just <laughs> not not the kind of trade guy you want to trade. No, I think, like you said, the total dearth of any kind of pitching prospects in the organization make him, for yeah. all intents and purposes, untradeable. I mean, maybe if you got like two guys coming back who are upper minors. Mm-hmm ready to and have potential ace ceilings even if they haven't shown but who who's going to make that trade like right and and you like could you make the saying. argument that that's paxton is barely different than that you know that right. he's a guy who's had half a season uh as a an ace in mlb and yeah so um so that's that's sort of our untradeable group cano mm-hmm. felix segura seager iwakuma and paxton mm-hmm. um the next group that we had set out here and uh, certainly one that I think we got a lot of questions about uh, for some of these guys is tradable, but won't be traded. Um, and like uh, would have value could fetch a nice return, but for whatever reason, the organization is not going to yeah. part with them. And, and I think that the distinction is, is important, although it may not necessarily be different in all these cases. I think we've, we've categorized this by what we think will happen, not necessarily what we, uh, th- or at least this category is by what we think will happen as opposed to what we think should be done. Um, they may be, uh, in fact, overla- overlapping, but um, you know, I think there's a case to be made, for instance, for Nelson Cruz, who is in this group, uh, that you could be traded and it would be valuable to trade him, but um, it is pretty un... Uh, it is pretty assured that they are not going to trade him whether you that is from speaking with play people in the organization talking to the people who cover the team consistently like ryan divish and Jen Dreyer, you know wh- whoever 
you know, whoever you talk to essentially that is around the organization, uh, Nelson Cruz is not going anywhere. Nelson Cruz is part of the core that they trust. So, right. So, to answer uh, Jared Gillingham's question, if we sell, who would take Cruz? What would you want for him? Um, Boston would love to get their hands on Cruz, right? Mm -hmm. They need mm -hmm. him like, whoa. Mm -hmm. uh, unfortunately, and maybe this, maybe fortunately, maybe depending on your feelings about Cruz, uh, Boston <laughs> has emptied their farm system a little bit in order to get Chris Sale. Uh, they've promoted Benintendi. They're they're not as prospect rich as they were. True. So, um, thanks to a few big trades, and certainly not heavy on arms, which is what we would need if we were, you know, the big slugger is not a a huge problem for us. I mean, eventually we'll right. be able to move Cano over there. Uh, we have Volgovac just hanging around. Uh, <laughs> we have Tyler O'Neill. Like we we've got guys who could slug the ball mm. um we need arms and i don't think boston has those to give so that's true the the yankees also are interesting to me i know matt holiday has been good um but i i still think cruz is better and considering they are a team who just dfa'd their starting first baseman and greg still have uh, i believe have g-man Choi as the starting <laughs> first baseman right now they're sort of a team that uh could use an offensive player uh, in that in that DH first base role, uh, and I know Holiday has uh, played a little bit of first base the last couple of years, so they might be uh, more willing to shift him over there and let Cruz DH. Um, it would be pretty rough to watch Nelson Cruz uh, go to the playoffs in pinstripes. Oh, but, I would. Um, I might vomit. Yeah. But um, but they're a team, you know, I mean, th when you're talking about, like, what could they get back and what um, would you want to look for, Carlos Beltran, the Yankees traded Carlos Beltran uh, to get, uh, what was it, I believe, uh, who'd they get, Dylan, was it, oh, was that gone? Yes! Sorry, yeah. brief, interruption, <laughs> brief interruption for Mitch Hanniger opposite field home run. All that regression is coming for him at once. Yeah. I'm, yes. I already posed, yeah. I had already written a thing about telling people to not freak out about Mitch Hanniger, and he's just, mm. uh, he's going to make it seem like I just ginned that up overnight. But no, it's it's been in the editor, people. <sighs> All right. Um, <laughs> we were talking about Carlos Beltran. I was going to look up and find out who they traded for. Um. It was, uh, what was his name? The the pitcher, Who Dylan Tate. There we ah, go. Dylan you Tate. got it. Because uh, I kept thinking Dylan G, and I was like, no, that's not a very good pitcher. <laughs> that's not something you'd be very excited about. Um, you know, so, but, you know, a couple of solid prospects for a worse DH, uh, you know, outfield DH player. Yeah. Um, so, Hannah, um, Nelson Cruz, I think, obviously – still has the talent and still has the value um so you, you know, it's tempting to want that and and i don't think it's wrong to want that trade to happen but it's just it's not going to happen no um which you know i wrote a full long piece on an alternate history today like i'm not going to tell you like don't indulge in a you know a thing that isn't going to happen because that's sometimes some of the most fun places that you can find in in baseball and, and anything but uh 
if you're trying to predict something that the Mariners will do, I just it, it's that's not a route I think they're going to go. No, I mean so much attention to the core and the leadership core and all of that. It's it's uh yeah. Yeah, it's just not not really a possibility. I think which is too bad because he actually has some value and if we find ourselves in this spot next year, I don't know if that will be the case. So it's a gamble, but I think Cruz is someone that they're willing to gamble on. Mm-hmm. Uh, also having trade value, but not someone I think we will see traded, despite uh, I've gotten a lot of questions about this, is Mitch Hanniger. I don't see a future where Mitch Hanniger is in, in the outfield, at least not in the relative I, yeah. future. Right. Certainly, as as someone who is one of his biggest proponents, I <laughs> I would have to agree. But yeah, I think he's um he his sort of entire uh, mentality at the plate and in his entire build and his contract situation and his entering his prime, uh you know sort of in terms of age and and physical peak, uh that's the type of player that you trade for right not trade away uh, that's who you build when around you're, when you're looking to compete in the next few years yep. so uh cost controlled outfielders obviously we have plenty and would we'll you know need to make some sort of decision there but uh i, I would agree that hanniger is probably the safest of them all agreed um i would also put andrew moore on this list because mm. I think he has trade value, um, but I don't think his value is to anyone else what it would what it is to us. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you know, then you get into well, he's a homegrown, he's a homegrown prospect, he's mm-hmm. a Northwest kid. You know, he's yeah. somebody who fits the organization really well, and right. somebody that they've put a lot of time into developing. So. Yeah. Uh, and, I just don't think you get the pay the payout for what the value is that he has. Exactly. And I mean as as you said like that's a young cost controlled pitcher who can perform at the major league level. That's what people like that's what this team needs. Like yeah. you know you're not likely going to trade away from that unless you're getting a major upgrade somewhere else. So Right. Um and as exactly as you said, I think the value will be higher in this organization than it would be in some other organization. So for, for sure. Uh, yeah, I would agree there. Um, so uh, we have, we disagree on this next <laughs> person. Um, ben Gamble. I yes. think they should trade him while he has value before everyone finds out he can only hit fastballs. I agree. I think that he is the likeliest regression candidate um, just in terms of his batted ball profile is significantly tied to only hitting fastballs um, and man that dude is incredible at hitting baseballs directly where there are not fielders (laughs) Um, and you know god love him if he keeps it up but uh, if you were if you were to show you know point at this outfield and point you know, if we were going to talk about you know sort of the grouping of Heredia, Hanniger, and Gamel in terms of 
what their value would be in a trade, I think Heredia nets you less right. in return and is still uh, a, a very valuable player, whereas Gamble, I think uh, you can you can find someone you know who who will look at this and say, well, yeah, he's playing you know better than he necessarily is, but. I you know I think this is close to who he is going to be constantly, and uh, you know maybe that's the case. But <laughs> we have four good outfielders at the major league level. We have Boog Powell, who is a pr you know a, at least can be a major league outfielder. We have you know Andrew Applin, who apparently is a, a good hitter now. Uh, <laughs> you know we have Tyler O'Neill, who's looking like a guy who might actually be ripping his way into a, a you know, major league call up yeah. uh, this year again. And of course, you know, then there's, you know, you have Ian Miller, who's still tearing the cover off the ball. You have Logan Taylor, who's doing well. Albeit He's on the DL right now, ah. I think, but yeah, yeah he is, right. he is, he is doing well. Eric Falia, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and who will move very, very quickly. Yeah, and and of course Kyle Lewis, you know, in in a right. year or two. Um, the system is super rich with outfielders. Exactly. So you know, you have that is where we have that is essentially That's the only all place we have. we have. Yeah. So you know, it's tough to say. Well, this guy's doing well. Like we shouldn't trade a guy who's doing well. Um, and, you know, I think there's a perfectly reasonable case to be made that, well, Gamble's, Gamble's the one that we should keep and you could trade Hanniger. Um, and I get that. I feel differently, but I, you know, I don't think someone else would be wrong for feeling, for feeling that way, but. Right. I and I, I mean, like you were saying with the, the batted ball profile, just like yeah. looking into Hanniger and his recent struggles, I think there's a lot of people who are frustrated with him because he has not been playing like the rookie of the year candidate that he was in April. Um, mm. But all those numbers, except for his home run or his, um, well, his power, his power is way down. And so he's a homer. He's, he's back yeah, back. I know it's, it's coming back. Maybe and, those, and maybe those, those obliques are healing. Um, but, and the strikeouts just, and they're all strikeouts looking, they're not strikeouts swinging. Uh, he's struck out looking a lot recently. So yeah. if that's the problem that you have to fix, then that's just, it's never been part of his profile. It's not who he is as a player and yeah. it's going to come back. So yeah. he's still spraying line drives all the, over the place. Yeah. He's still hitting the ball hard. He's, he's back up from slugging 447 to slugging 479 like just from today that's so, amazing <laughs> uh, yeah <laughs> i mean like obviously you hit a homer it, it does good things for you but um you know he's got a double and a homer it's yeah. uh it's a good life and you know the the power was there it was you know 390 foot flyouts or yeah and some of it was sucked into the glove so. of uh cameron maven too yeah yeah so anyways uh one of i i think it would behoove the team to move one of their outfielders at least and gamel is the best i think the the one that would yield the best return and be the least likely to 
come back to burn you, I yep. guess. I agree. Which is still, you know, he's a good player. I think I think he's not at nearly as good as he's been playing, but he's a good, you know, I think he, I think he ha- he made an adjustment. Last year I did not think he was a a more than a fourth outfielder and he made an adjustment this offseason and he improved because players can do that. Uh, you know, players do not stagnate, you know, one year to another and you know, making projections is a challenge and it, you know because of that for uh, among many reasons but yeah he's he's i think their best bet to move but yep. i think that the organization likes him to a degree that they would stick with him over mm. heredia or someone else um, well, let's let's dig down then into who we see as really tradable assets. Mm-hmm. So we see Dyson as tradable. Obviously, he was a rental. Mm-hmm. Um, it's almost certain that he is going to be out the door. Yeah. It's. I mean, uh, uh, if you'd asked me a week ago, I would have said maybe. Um, but I mean, the 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 worst the team does, mm-hmm. and you know, seven to one right now. You know, <laughs> it, it, you hate to judge on a game by game basis because that's kind of a you know that's a very dodgy way of predicting anything. But um, yeah, it, it it would make sense to sell a guy who's having a very yeah. solid year like Dyson, who has a skill set that is magnified in its value in the playoffs. For uh, sure. Yeah, and especially so. to a team with an older, slower, more lumbery outfield. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so I'm thinking about Colorado. Blackman so is pretty good, but that they... was that was my favorite pick there um, as well. I because sorry, I I, I no, no, cut look. you off. Go uh, ahead. Well, as you said, like Blackman's good, but like. Cargo has been off and on and hurt. And mm-hmm. David Dahl has been off and on and hurt. And uh, Gerardo Parra, yeah, off and on and hurt. Not uh, plus offense or not plus defense either. No. And no. Uh, Raimel Tapia, Tapia. Sounds great. He, I re- only remember him from spring training. So he is like one of their. Uh, he's gotten a ton of reps out there because of the injuries and. Uh, has held out okay, but he's certainly not yeah. a premium choice. So, I would thoroughly enjoy watching Gerard Dyson man the entire the, the <laughs> expanse of Coors Field. All of course, it would be quite <laughs> remarkable. Um, you know, and and that's an organization that has assets. You know, they they're they're not necessarily, um, you know, I think flush in their farm system, but you're not going to get a huge, you know, return on, on Dyson. I mean, right. I, you, you've looked at, I think a number of different organizations is, is there sort of something that you would, po- you know, point to that you would say like, this is the rough, uh, you know, oh, as a rough estimate for what you think Dyson could get back. Uh, what he could get out of Colorado. Well, uh, Colorado or, or, I, or, I haven't looked into... I mean, I don't think they'll give anybody away for anything but an arm at this point. I mean, it's all all arms. So Mm. as I've been looking at systems and haven't gotten to Colorado yet, but um, that's... I would would definitely look at, like, their high minors, um, their AAA arms, and see if there's anything, anybody who's been maybe kind of jumping up and down, because I know they've had some injuries on their pitching staff, too. 
you know they might even be able to get somebody who's got a little bit of majors experience so yeah, yeah it's uh I, if if we are rating players who are most likely to be traded i think gerard dyson is yeah. at the top of that list i think you... another good place uh he could maybe land if cleveland gets it together and puts puts a push oh, yeah. together because you've got Lonnie Chisenhall out there who is, like, fine. Yeah. He's fine. Uh, Michael Brantley, who's fast and has some of that skill set but is hurt a lot. Yeah. Uh, Zimmer, I don't really know anything about him. He's a rookie. Yeah. The, that was and then Nicholas. Austin Jackson. And Austin Jackson, <laughs> I was going to say. And Tyler uh, Naquin, who has totally just fallen off after his uh, where, where rookie is... of the year. Where is Abe Almonte at these days? Is he still there? Uh, you know, he didn't pop up. He, I believe he is still there, but he didn't pop up. I recall, I recall him being... I just remember seeing his name on the um, like top like 15 in All-Star voting and being fairly flabbergasted <laughs> at some point in outfielders. Um, yeah, he's yeah, out three he, to five weeks with a bicep strain as okay. of May, hasn't been late very May. Good. Okay, I, I, yeah, I'm sad that he is injured, but feel justified that he is not. Yeah. Oh, and they open. have, uh, they have human baseball magnet too, Brandon Geyer. I forgot about that. God. Also <laughs> on the DL. Also Austin Jackson on the DL. Yes. So austin jackson on the tl with a bit left big toe hyperextension uh it's such an austin jackson thing to be on the dl with <laughs> he, um, he he tried to sprint once and <laughs> it's, his toe was confused <laughs> he said you run at 80 percent of the speed that you all of your lim all of your limbs move at a hundred percent speed and your body goes eighty percent. No no no. We don't do we don't <laughs> do this. I have ne I have never seen a player that is as like athletic in every way and yes. like conceptually fast just move so slowly. Um Yeah. Yeah, he's a good defensive player. But I, I love Jagsy's approach to trying to find uh, speed and defense guys. You know, you just look at him, hey, he looks fast. Yeah. Like, that's... <laughs> Even like at the time, like I hadn't watched very much Austin Jackson. I thought that was a good deal. Like I was like I was excited, and I think it was reason to be excited. And man, that fool just did not hit the baseball. <laughs> no. He yeah. All right. Anyways, um. So yes, I think I think. You know, Dyson, I think we we could say is is the most likely chip to be traded. You probably right. get a, a fairly small return on him, but you know because he's an expiring contract. But right, he's cheap but and valuable, and you can you could get I think one of those high high miners, low ceiling, yeah, you know high floor pitchers that Jerry has accrued and mass yes uh, i'm looking at rob kaminsky who is in the indian system the indian system is deep and deep enough with pitching talent that i feel like um you know it's it's tough when you i just looked at the giant system recently which would make a lot of sense for a trade even mm. though they're not exactly a contending team but a prospect for prospect swap because they're pretty thin um, but mm. the problem is their their best pitching prospect the, is um, like projected to be a number four starter. So he'd fit right in. 
so they're obviously not letting so the the right kind of a system is important too right it has to be somebody that yeah. is pretty deep with a lot of um uh, they won't miss one of their nice pitching prospects yes, exactly right exactly. so i think we would treasure them and they will they will forget them. exactly like the like st louis just send mm-hmm. us anyone st louis yeah. just send us anyone <laughs> any of your arms any of them uh, we will treasure them like the jewels that they are. Absolutely. Uh, um, all right. So, sorry. Back to no. Yeah. Back to who we might be able to trade away. Yeah. So, I mean, in this category, I mean, you sort of have you have the expiring contracts, right? You have Dyson. You have Valencia, who has hit well, and you know, similar to Dyson, has a like has one somewhat elite skill that he can bring to a team. You know, which is Danny Valencia destroys left-handed pitching, mm-hmm. and you know there's there are plenty of teams with uh, bad platoon splits at you know first base or third base, or might even take the plunge and put him in the outfield a little bit. But um, yeah, so you know the there there's a spot for that you know but again these are these are small deals these are right. you get uh either a low ceiling you know high high minors prospect or a lottery ticket right. low minors or maybe a couple lottery ticket low minors prospects right we've seen not bad, we've seen the end of like the blockbuster taiwan walker for Haniger, Segura, like right. that, we're right. not going to see something like that again because we yeah. just don't have the pieces for it. Yes, exactly. Um, and, you know, Ciszek, again, is is the third piece of that mm-hmm. where, you know, he's been pitching better lately and has, you know, improved, I think, in sort of every outing since coming back and healing from his hip, double hip, what was it? Double labrum? hip surgery? Labrum. Labrum tear. Hip labrums, yeah. Um but you know, again, th- these are these are little trades. These are little moves. Um, where where it starts to get interesting, I suppose, in, in or scary, depending on how you feel about the play, um, is you know I- in in those younger pieces. So you know, any any of the bullpen pieces, I think you could see moved. Um, you know. Whether that's Nick Vincent or Zepchinski, mm-hmm. uh, or even Pazos, who has been good but is not necessarily, uh, you know, the, it, you know, someone that you you would find un unfathomable to move. Um, but Tyler O'Neill, Guillermo Heredia, uh, you know, those are players that you could start looking at and getting a little more. Uh, bite from from other uh, organizations do you think it's likely that either of those guys or or some of the other people that we have in this tradable area uh, get moved um i would have said o'neill is a really difficult one to move because mm-hmm. he's such a success story of the organization Mm-hmm. Um, he's, hey, look, we, we headed off this thing that could be a bust and we developed him and we taught him to take a walk. And, you know, um, that being said, I think the Blue Jays would like wet their pants to get a hold of him. <laughs> and I think he would love it. 
Yeah. Um, and he is, you know, he's turning things around. So I might examine the Blue Jays and see if they have anything that they would want to give us for him. Mm-hmm. Um, Heredia is a difficult one for me because he is, of all of the many, many outfielders that have spent time in Seattle this year, by far, I believe he is the most gifted defensively. Mm-hmm. Um, and he is the only one who really comes close to taking Dyson's place for that. So if you give away both Dyson and Heredia, I feel like the... Like, I love Hanniger, and Hanniger brings the offense, but Hanniger's defense mm. is not as good. Ben Gamble's defense is... You know, he'll make the incredible catch, but it's often because he's taken a poor route to get there. <laughs> I mean, yes. It, well, so much better to not dive and just get mm. there in time than make the diving catch that's, you know, the highlight play. But Absolutely. Um, so yeah, I, I've, I've, that would be tough for me if we hand out both, if, if we get rid of both Dyson and Heredia. Mm-hmm. Um, I would agree. Uh, it's interesting to s- wonder, I mean, there's probably still no value, but does Leonis have anything, uh, you know, or, or does Leonis bring back anything now that he's sort of recouped any, uh, you know, he's been hitting so well. In yep. AAA. He's hitting 300 right now. Mm. He has, he's two for four tonight. Um, <laughs> and playing plus defense. So, yeah, I, you know, that hasn't really fallen off. Yeah. I would be surprised, similar to what we looked at with Dyson, I would be surprised if a team didn't want to take a flyer on him and yeah, give us but, a little something for him. Yeah. But at the same time, a guy who could have been had for free right. two months ago is not going to be getting all that much, unfortunately. So, right. um, you know, I think... I, I, the the Toronto thing is interesting to me for for O'Neill partially because, you know, he is obviously a a talent that may you know that has a ceiling you know you, you that you might not see in in the rest of the organization uh, until yeah. you get to Lewis, but he is just blocked positionally like yeah he's blocked you know he's not a bad defender but he's blocked by better defenders at every position um you know he's and as long as Hanniger and Gamble and Heredia continue to hit pretty well you know there's not really much justification for uh you know oh this guy you know this unproven player might hit a little bit better uh you know we we need to bring him up and 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 he's he's not beating down the doors in the way in triple a that he would need to move one of them so um, not yet but i will say uh, he's making adjustments he's making mm-hmm. adjustments um and he's getting a little bit better every game for a long time it looked like he was flatlined like i watched him in right. may i watched him in early june and i was like he is just not not getting there and then kind of in the, I would say it was mid-June, he started mm. to, and I think uh, Listach down there in Tacoma had a little bit of a come-to-Jesus meeting with him. <laughs> and he started really working closely with the hitting coach down there, who I think is Dave Berg. Mm. Um, 
and yeah it's just it's been a it's been a change he contributes something positive mm -hmm. in just about every game and it's not always a game-winning home run but sometimes it is and you know it's mm. just it's it's easy to dream on that yeah and and you you you're you're absolutely right you know he he can he's i mean he's had a high line drive rate he's been hitting the ball hard most of the year and it's just not been falling and now it is mm -hmm. or it's falling into the stands um, <laughs> which is exciting as well so you know he's going to be fine um and he is likely going to you know be a decent mlb player um but at that position it is yeah. you know I, I i can understand the interest in moving him or or dangling him i guess uh mm -hmm. in if especially if this and it, i should say and especially if the team were uh you know turning it on a little bit and was pushing you know uh uh, uh you know, into into the wild card race instead of slipping out of it. Um, you know, I could understand the appeal, but for one, the idea of really giving up a lot for the chance at a one game playoff does not appeal. Um, no. In you know, in the sense that you know, like this is a year the Mariners can absolutely make the playoffs, but this is not the year that the Mariners have to make the playoffs. Um, and, you know, it, it, it would be foolish to do anything otherwise, you know, to, to look at this season and say, well, because we're close to a wild card game, you know, we need to make big aggressive moves, um, and, you know, add to this team. It's like, no, the, you know, the <laughs> This is a decent team, and they're playing like crap. They you know? really are. It's uh, almost miraculous how poorly everybody is doing. This is getting off topic. I don't want to <laughs> go too far down this. But, yes, I, I agreed. Um, mm. Did we go over all of the tradable, but not really because they have such depressed value? I think the majority. I, I mean, Vogelbach is Daniel Vogelbach is is in there. Where yeah, it it would not surprise me at all if Daniel Vogelbach is not in the organization at the start of 2018. Uh, it wouldn't even surprise me if he's not in the organization at the end of you know by the trade deadline. But um, I mean, they they're just they're so down on him. And he doesn't necessarily seem, you know, to be doing. He do, he's not. He's not doing anything wrong, but he's just not been what they were hoping for. I guess. What hasn't uh, come through with him is the power. Like there's uh -huh. no power because I don't know if somebody didn't just. I, wait now, okay. He's in the home run derby in oh AAA. I don't. You don't just put a. A powerless man in there. I told my friend Brett over at Tacoma that I would like Tyler O'Neill to put on twenty jerseys, and the last one be a Vogelback jersey, and just roll them out and see if anyone notices. Um, Vogelback is so. Despite myself, I really do enjoy him. He's a great teammate. He's a great kid. Um, but whoever made that trade, thinking that they were going to get some kind of power hitting guy, 
you know, Schwarber Jr. or whatever, did not look at the park factors of his home ballpark there in mm-hmm. Iowa, the iCubs, mm-hmm. um, because that park just takes home runs. I mean, you can just sneeze and hit a home run. So he's never, he was definitely not going to have numbers like that, but it's just, it's completely fallen off. He's still got mm-hmm. great plate discipline. He'll wrap all the singles you want. What's mm-hmm. he done tonight? Let's see. He is two for three tonight. Good for you with a walk. He's mm-hmm. 285. He has not struck out at all. Mm-hmm. Look at you go. Let's go look at your. Okay, so he has a double tonight. Good for you, mm-hmm. Fogelback. He has a double. This is in Reno, by the way, which is a pretty hitter friendly park. Yeah. I think right now the score in the game is seven to six. So. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you, you know, as you said, like, he's doing well he's doing these things that are fine but un i mean you can't be just fine offensively you can't be just hanging out you know doing okay when you are yeah almost without a position uh you know you can't have a, a comparable offensive line and value to leonis martin when Leonis Martin can play above average defense at three different positions. You know, like I mean, Boo or what is it? I believe Vogelbach has a one eleven WRC plus so far this year in AAA. Martin has a one twelve. You know, like there was you know Boog Powell got called up over uh, you know Vogelbach this week to to. DH <laughs> to DH exactly. boog stick <laughs> exactly the the boog stick lived and you know it was not unreasonable you know boog has no. well out hit him and can play defense yeah. and can pinch run and and it's just like and that was a little bit of reward too I think from the organization just because sure. you know Boog had the problem and he had the suspension and <laughs> he had the problem he had the little problem I will not say <laughs> that he I still I will go to my grave believing that that child did not uh in intentionally take PEDs I just I just I don't know many things in the world that are true but I know that is a true thing um. <laughs> So, you know, he had the problem, and then mm-hmm. he went to the... the, the um, he went to the problem-free the problem free zone. <laughs> he went to uh, the Dominican <laughs> Republic, the Summer League. <laughs> Shut up. Winter Leagues. He played winter ball. He got in uh-huh. fights. But uh-huh. he played his ass off, and the fans uh-huh. down there loved him. They called him Boog. B-U-G. Uh-huh. Boog. Uh-huh. Uh, and he just came up, and he tore through spring training, and he just... He's, just battled his way back into relevancy and uh you know i think that there is a reward for that and so getting called up to dh was his reward yeah and unfortunately bogobak just hasn't hit enough to to out outdo that you know to to outplay that so you know he he's he's likely to just keep doing that until he figures out how to hit for power. Vogelback is a good teammate, and he's a good guy, and uh, everyone loves him down there, and he is mm-hmm. just, like, really involved and really tries hard, and mm-hmm. he's, he, I do feel a little bad. I think somebody has got to intervene with him and show him yeah. how to 
get more out of his swing or something. <laughs> he needs a swing change. He, 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 he does. Needs to hang in out the with worst Hanniger's. way, he needs to hang out with Hanniger. He's been or at least out... Gamble. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's good buddies with uh, with Martine. Actually, the two of them. Yeah. Well, I'm not sure that's the one we want. No. Yeah. So <laughs> he was also he also hangs out with Tyler O'Neill and has taken to sort of dressing like Tyler O'Neill, which I find <laughs> hilarious. But you know, I, I I would love him to become very engaged in his fitness like Tyler O'Neill is, and you know maybe maybe learn a little um, something from him. Absolutely. So one of you know the other I think there, there's only a couple more people that we really need to touch on. We don't need to uh, you know I think I think yes. we've we've covered the majority of it, and then we'll we'll take a break and go to some listener questions. But uh, Kyle Raincourt uh, asked, and we wanted to discuss this would dj peterson fetch anything in a trade would he be a throw-in or is he just organizational depth at this point unfortunately let's look at dj dj's one for four tonight oh dj with yeah. a strikeout and he's left three men on base dj 272 um unfortunately dj has not been able to put together anything consistently enough mm-hmm. like he is just he's always been a super streaky hitter but he is really streaky this year and it's just he was getting some horrible luck for a while on batted ball stuff just hitting the ball hard and it wasn't falling and now that has resolved itself some but you know it's just it's not consistent enough and i am afraid that yes he is organizational depth I I would have to agree. You no, know, they're I mean, also but, playing him at third base a lot. Like bless his heart, bless that. Yeah. DJ Peterson is not a third baseman. Don't make him play third base, please. That's mean. Yeah. I mean, it's I, I think it's good that they're at least keeping him there. I mean, part of it is because what where are you gonna do like Vogelbach there, yeah. and you know you, he needs the defensive work. Um, but you know him having. You know he he's got he's still got the de- you know decent power he's still hitting all right but he's just he's not he's not I, he's neither walking enough nor hitting for enough power uh, to to really excite and you know it it's possible that he he flips his switch I mean you know it took him an extra year in Double A to figure it out especially after he got hurt and then yeah. got hurt. And then got hurt, um, and you know, last year he struggled in AAA, but this year he's sort of looked about the same. And and that doesn't mean that he can't can't fix it. You know, he's walking more, he's striking out less, um, but he's not quite kicked in that next step of okay, and I'm tearing the cover off the ball. So, in terms of this trade deadline. I think he's organizational depth. If you get a major league player out of DJ Peterson, you know, it's it's a surprise at this point. Yeah. Um I think I think that's the majority of it. I Edwin Diaz, Dan Altavilla both have been bad and have been, you know, have have done better things lately, but they're just not worth trading. At, at, at this their, point, no. Yeah. I mean, for at, what they those and Diaz, I think especially is someone who could hurt you. Like if you traded that, that would. Oh yeah. That could look real bad. Um, oh yeah. So it's just it's not worth it at this point. If there was a time where you would have traded him, it would have been this off season. But then why would you trade your closer on your 
all ready to contend team like ugh. yeah <laughs> so that yeah. alta villa i i really do believe in the stuff i think the stuff will come back or the yeah. i think his c- command will come back he's just working through some stuff right now he will be fine yeah. um zanino bless his heart <laughs> we we, digre- we disagree on zanino i think I zanino think is untradeable because uh you would have to get a catcher back for him and I just don't know that an organization would be willing to let go of a catcher who would be to us as valuable or more valuable than Zanino. Um, but we have literally, I've looked at our catchers in the system. We have nothing. We have nothing. We have nothing at AAA. We have nothing at AA. We gave Tuffy Ghostwitch a bunch of plate appearances this year. Like, we have nothing. So the yeah. the dearth of any... <laughs> possibility anybody who's even i mean you have like maybe you're squinting down at joe DiCarlo, who is a converted mm-hmm. third baseman mm-hmm. who's having a pretty good year in i'm a big believer in joe DiCarlo. yeah all right good i like joe DiCarlo. <laughs> but like let's face it he is in he's not even double a like and it's it, that's going to be another tough adjustment for him and now yeah. he's got the positional adjustment on top of that so mm. You know, it's just, it's too risky. Anybody who is any good at all is down in A-ball. Like, it's, nope, mm-hmm. cannot trade Zanino, cannot trade him. I think it would be detrimental to the team in in the short term, and the only way you can justify it is if one of your other moves is for a catcher. Um, if, you know, you subsequently move... Dyson or Valencia or even make a bigger move for for a a more prestigious younger catcher Um, or you know you're taking a flyer on someone who's you know been uh, DFA'd or or has sort of lost favor but um, I guess I guess what I would say is I think you know Zunino still has some of the shine and this could be you know, this stretch of hotness may be real. I mean, not real, real, but maybe real enough to for, for Mike Zunino to once again be reasonable, you know, major league player Mike Zunino, uh, as opposed to tearing, you know, destroyer of worlds Mike Zunino, um, which he's been for the last. I just think there's month, no way but. he was so high profile and he was such a high profile failure. I think there's no way that another team wants any part of him. But high-profile failures keep getting looks. I mean, <laughs> you that if you if you're a first-round pick with a lot of hype, someone's yeah. always gonna believe. Yeah, you know, it's Dust, true. Dustin Ackley is still on roster right now. I mean, not on a major league roster, but he's still oh, in an organization say. because he was so high profile you know ryan howard kept getting signed or you know you know ryan howard kept getting playing kept you know you know getting minor league contracts because he had been so high profile and he'd shown the flashes and people you know when people see that little bit of potential uh you know even if it was five six seven years ago they think you know it's difficult to shake that yeah. So I could see the value, I guess, is what I'd say. I don't think they should trade him, but I could see the value. 
Um, All right, well, we will agree to disagree on that. Hey, good <laughs> news from Modesto. Nick Nider wins again with another three. Oh, yeah, this is very good. Uh, he went seven innings of no run ball, allowed four mm -hmm. hits and six strikeouts. So Heck, yeah. Eight and three. No, way to go. Way to go, kid. And Art Warren, who's really exciting, came up with the save, too. So. Nice. Modesto wins again. This is what I have to do. It's just focus on, <laughs> focus on Modesto. So uh -huh. Nider, I mean, we do have him, and I think he's going to be ready. I think he's couple gonna, years, three yeah, years. Yeah, no, no, no. He won't need that long. I don't think. I mean, this is a huge year year for him, just mm. as far as polish, because they ran him through a ball. He goes to double A. They might skip him straight up and not make him go to triple A too, because. Mm. I don't know if he needs to be throwing to AAA batters. Um, yeah, so this is that's that's a good thing. All right, let's let's leave off at that, and then we'll come back and we'll do our our listener questions. Sounds good to me. Okay. And we're back. All right. Now is the time on the podcast where we answer your questions. All righty. Uh, our first question comes from, uh, actually, from Stafford, Ben Thoen. Um, how many years of terrible baseball would you accept in exchange for a miracle playoff run this year and a Felix Safeco wildcard start? Abstain. Oh, uh, probably five. <laughs> mm, I do not want a miracle playoff run this year. I don't care. Uh, the Astros are just going to crush. The team isn't good enough. The team isn't good enough. Um, so forget that. No, uh, I don't. I don't want a miracle playoff run this year. I'm sorry. I. I do not want to get crushed in the wild right? card game. Sorry. I just want. I have wanted nothing more from baseball than to watch Felix pitch in the playoffs for about the last decade. And uh, it is very difficult for me to separate that from, like, that specific instance. Like, I can justifiably say, no, this is bad for the team. Like, this would be terrible. Like, Felix himself is not remotely their best pitcher. Uh, but it is tough for me to say anything other than yes. Uh, yes, give me the sorrow uh, <laughs> for my moment of glory. You know, let me stare into the eclipse. Uh, <laughs> and that, let it burn burn me clean to the bone. Okay. Uh, <laughs> appropriately, rolling into our next question. You know, I'm Ethan just, Novak. I'm cool with Felix making a bullpen appearance in a... Oh. <laughs> I am because sometimes you don't get the life you want. You get the life that you have, and you know you get the monkey's paw, happy ending. So that's what that is, and I'm okay with it. I suppose. I suppose. Um, 
Ethan asks, which Mariner would do best or worst in a post-apocalyptic world? Another staffer question. All right. Um, hmm. uh, yeah, I, I ordered these. We've, we've got a bunch of folks, but. Okay. Uh, I think that I would. it's hard for me to imagine Felix, after years of being cosseted, <laughs> With more money than you can ever... Like, can you imagine Felix in the post-apocalyptic world being like, what do you mean my black <laughs> Amex doesn't work? Like, <laughs> how do I get to the Maldives from here? Yeah. Wh- where is my bungalow? <laughs> exactly. What is- so, yeah, so I think, I think just from years of uh, luxury... Felix is not equipped to live in a in a world where we don't have water and it's all Mad Maxy. So what I will say, not a lot of not a lot of muscle on the bones yeah. uh, and the legs. <laughs> so perhaps you know they might look at him and think he's, he's a bit either scrawny or just not not a, not good meat, not good eating. Yep. Uh, so he might surpass you know survive. Um, best, I think. You'd have to say, like, I, I, I think it has to be, like, Tony Zick. Uh, oh, my God. Shoot. I was going to say Gamble, but your answer is much better. Because Tony Zick, it looks like a doomsday prepper. Yes, he um, does. On his days off. <laughs> it is, you know, I, we, we joked about camo Thursdays in the Slack, but, like, <laughs> yeah. it is every day is camo Thursdays. Every day is camo Thursday. For, <laughs> for Tony Zick and... and Apparently he's very nice, but uh, I cannot imagine him being uh, anything less than well prepared for any contingency. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, let's see. Uh, here's a question from Tyler Rice, uh, and an unfortunately timed question, <laughs> perhaps. Uh, Sam Gavilio may not be a star, but is he a long-term staff member? Uh, Sam got lit up tonight, um, which was, honestly, I was looking at what he was doing and as much as I could before we came to, uh, to record and, you know, he just, he, he was, he gave, he had one bad inning and then he had another bad inning. So he had two bad innings. (laughs) And and that is in between those two bad innings was a lot of pretty good work and a lot of opportunities where the team could have helped him out. So, um, no, he won't be a star. Mm, Ideally he is your, your sixth, maybe, maybe your seventh, like somewhere, somewhere in the six to eight range. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, think so. Is is where you want Sam Gavilio, but I think that's a valuable person to have in your organization. And, and I think I've been, I've not been blown away by what I've seen from him. I think he doesn't have too much more than what he's done so far to yeah. offer. Um, but what he's done is, you know, is, is be someone that you can call up for spot starts mm-hmm. in a world where all of your pitching isn't decimated. And yeah. that's useful. So um, I think he he's a Mariner next year. Like I don't yeah. do think, think another do you think team... he starts with the with the major league roster, or do you think he's um, starts in AAA? I mean, ideally, next year we have Paxton, Felix, Miranda, uh, Moore, uh, and some miracle pitcher that we have acquired from somewhere. 
So, <laughs> yeah. uh, so I don't know that there's a spot for him to yeah. s- break camp. But you know, if if things go wrong, and we've seen how they go wrong, and they always do, I yeah. think he's like he and 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 Bergman, I think, has pitched well enough to earn a chance to stick around. So I think mm-hmm. that the two of them are right there. Yeah, I think that I think that's fair. In the in the vein of. Sp- folks sticking around and and what might we see next year uh whiskey rick asks is next year's first baseman in the system Mm, and i'm inclined to say no no, i don't think so i don't know necessarily what is available in the uh upcoming free agent class at first base um but there's not a lot that they have shown to to suggest that Vogelbach is going to be trusted. Um, no, so. and there's nothing behind him either. There's really not. Yeah. There are no prospects. The the double A team is is uh pretty bad. I mean, it's just put together with like tape. Um <laughs> there are no pretty much no real prospects until you get down to the A level and there there are a couple guys down mm. there but no. So I think the I think the future first baseman is in the system somewhere but I don't think next year's no. They'll they'll have to plug that right. hole again. Yes. Um just learn how to be first base, Boog or <laughs> It is not Someone? hard. I mean, Ben Gamble. Maybe it's Ben Gamble. They've you know been what? giving them all that work. Yeah, they've, they uh, certainly have been. And maybe that's a good way that we can hold on to all of them. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> Just a, a field. Put Boog at third. <laughs> put, yeah, Just put a, a full lefty infield. Like that, that would be fun. <laughs> I would be stoked about that. Um, let's see. Uh, from Chris... Okay, uh, a question that is potentially weighs heavy on the heart. What to do with the King's Court? Uh, and it is a tough one, isn't it? Have Have you been to any Felix starts this year, Kate? Um, I mean, in Tacoma. <laughs> <laughs> Where did did folks do uh, any King's Court? Yeah, yeah, activity? they had K cards. I'm actually looking at one right now. The Rainiers put out some really cute K cards. This one is red, oh, awesome. and it has the <laughs> the Rainiers style R, but it's a K. It's pretty cute. <laughs> Uh, and you know people are really into it, so I think next year, like it is, it's the kind of thing where we all just kind of have to recognize it's sad, right? But we can't mm-hmm. say anything about it, and so we just do it, and um, because that's what you do to somebody who has been loyal to you, right? You are loyal yeah. back, even when you kind of recognize that, like, this is this is not what it was. Yeah, it likely does not return next year really i think oh no well i think, I think, I, I think it comes back next year for sure i think uh, i have no qualms with it sticking around but i worry that if well i worry that maybe maybe they give it next year because i think there's a ju- there's a clear justification that well he had he got hurt he had all these different things he was working through it but 
you know, I I have no qualms with it, but I I just can't help but wonder if they, you know, they're, you know, they read the fan base similarly, where it is this uncomfortable thing, yeah. and and I don't know what the best way is to end it, whether it's just saying, you know, well, we're going to have one last big one, and then that, you know, that's that's it, or maybe you you wait until the end of his contract and and then you know you have a big one and whether he resigns or not then you work it out but i uh it's it's tough to imagine going to games without it but it also has been pretty rough <laughs> yeah i mean it's it, but the, uh, the king's court still fills up though like there are still people there so it does you know, as long as the people are willing to come and do it, I think you do that. I think you talk to Felix. I think it definitely comes back next year. I don't I don't think there's any world in which it doesn't. Um, maybe when the naming rights of Safeco change, maybe uh. when Safeco isn't Safeco, <laughs> then They'll you... They'll use that as the excuse. Well, I mean, I don't know. Like, they might just come up with some like slide something else into its uh-huh. place but um <laughs> you know when you take away the king's court you take away a part of his identity yeah and you can't take that from him i think he has to give it so it That's has right. to be a conversation that they have with him yeah i i, I would agree it's yeah um Okay, we we've got a couple a couple more good questions here. Uh, let's see. Um, yeah, that one was hard. That was yeah. I need to, I, I let's let's let's. All right, here from Ben Casperson. What was your favorite part of Lookout Landing softball this year? Um, somebody uh, brought pizza. Thank you for <laughs> for that. I believe, I believe that was Andrew Drunk Viking. I'm not sure. Uh, that that was what I thought. Uh, who I thought was was bringing it up. Uh, for for those of you who don't know, we had a our annual uh, Lookout Landing softball game this uh, this past week, and it was uh, excellent. Uh, it was a good time, and uh, certainly my favorite moment uh, was uh, seeing. Uh, we had we had a few uh, late arrivals, um, and joining our team on the Landers was uh, were Phil and Lena, uh, and Phil and Lena were very unassuming. Popped in um, at third base and in left field, and proceeded to make about six straight brilliant. Oh my gosh! Plays. Yeah, who knew uh, that there would be actually people who could actually play ball at the softball yeah. game? It was it was fantastic. Um, yeah, it was a, that was a really really good one, really good one. Was, Thank you to everybody yeah. who came out, and if you couldn't come next time, because it sure yeah. is a good time. Absolutely. Um, I think one one final question here, um, and let's go. We got this one from Pacific Northwest Vagabond. Um, who directs the 2017 Mariners movie, and what genre is it? It's a snuff film. <laughs> it is and man are we on the wrong end 
Tarantino? Uh, is it Tarantino? I don't know. Yeah, it is. It is a grindhouse, and we are the house. <laughs> we, are the, we are the house that Dunvin grinded. Yeah, there are. It's there's a woman with a machine gun for a leg, <laughs> and she is lighting us up. It's oh, a weird way goodness. to spell uh, Jed Lowry. <laughs> okay. Oh, all right. Uh, I'm glad we're at least skipping what's the most heartbreaking game you've ever been to I from very, Samuel Fletcher. I appreciated that question, and I it could have been any of the games that I have been to recently. So, mm, uh, Come on, once, you were there with me at time. 162, weren't you? Uh, I was at 162. Yeah, that's the um, answer. There's no other answer. That's the answer. Well, but it was like it didn't matter already. Like it was, it was. Oh, 161, depressing. 161. I, I was, was not at 161. Okay, I was at 161. That yes, was the worst. No, that was. No, that was. I, I would. I guess I would say like the Toronto, the back-to-back Toronto games. Yes, that actually, did break your that. spirit. I remember clearly. Here's actually what I will say: the most heartbreaking game I went to was uh, Griffey's Mariners number retirement. I believe it was, uh, or or maybe it was. Griffey's Mariner Hall of Fame night where he gave this speech to Ackley and Smoke and you know the whole guys and he said like this you guys have a good core you're building you know and and you know you have to believe in yourselves and then Hisashi Iwakuma gave up eight runs oh my God. Uh, and they like they were I believe shut out like 10 nothing by the A's so uh that was a bummer <laughs> That's and a good that's a good answer I just realized we have all the Edgar games coming up in August I don't know, yep. I have to watch this god-awful team play <laughs> on a They're night that's even... supposed to honor my favorite Mariner of all time, and I might get thrown out of Safeco forever for running on the field. They're god-mediocre. <laughs> they're the god-mediocre. Even... No, they're god-awful. Look, did you <laughs> do you see this game tonight? They're god-awful. Yeah. <sighs> <laughs> it's been a long week. Kate. It's been a long week. It's a long week to have to write about them every single damn day, yeah. and think about but them. So there are there are good moments. Yes, and it is fun. Yes, and Kyle Seeger just made a brilliant running play to put out. The Mariners have still only scored the one run on Mitch Haniger's home run, but <laughs> but Kyle Seeger's defense continue. You know, you just have to find your one bright spot every day. That's what that's what I say. Like you have to find. One thing to be happy about with you this have team. To find the <laughs> I insist the beatings will continue until your team morale improves. Um, so yeah, let's let's just so we can kind of end on a positive note. Um, what is one thing that is making you happy or that you are excited about with the team right now? Even like, what is the gold watch that you can pull from this giant puddle? of muck and broken promises and sadness um this offense is still fun i they they've had bad cluster luck but i think what i'm excited for is even though after the all-star break you know they have this rough schedule (laughs) they get five days off nelson cruz's legs get five days off or you know Robinson Cano gets five days off. You know, Felix gets days off. Hanniger's obliques get days <laughs> off. All these guys who just have been nicked and pecked at, you know, who have still put together exciting at-bats, you know, day after day, even when it's 
not resulted in in what we wanted um you know i it sucked the the worst moment for this of this season for me was that scoreless stretch not just because like obviously it was bad baseball but because it was the players that i found most exciting were hurt yeah or you know and it's players playing badly when they should be playing well is interesting even if it sucks but players being hurt is not fun it's not exciting it just sucks so this is true this is this is i will take underachievement and the intrigue that it gives uh over inability to be out there what would you say as as we wrap up or is is giving you life um the thing that is most exciting to me is watching the younger players who will be part of the next core like Haniger and um watching Andrew Moore obviously um it's been sad sometimes to watch those players struggle to watch Diaz struggle to watch Altavilla struggle mm-hmm. um pa- but for all of that there's a Pazos who's been way better than I thought um mm-hmm. it's fun to have Ben Gamble continuously kick me in my teeth whenever I say bad <laughs> things about him <laughs> in a weird way um yep. and yeah obviously more I think there's probably nothing for me that I enjoy more than Andrew Moore. Obviously, if anyone reads me, you know that, but uh, just because he's such a great guy, he's such a Mm -hmm. good kid. He's a Northwest kid. He's ours. Um, He brings some real stability to that rotation, I think. And he's the kind of person that I'm like, I'm glad that I get to root for you. So Andrew Moore is ours and it would be, impracticable for you to have (laughs) it's very catchy very catchy (laughs) all right well thank you to those of you who have listened we hope that uh we know that right now is not good not fun not Mm. not fun times um and so no good bad times they say yes so listening to an hour-long podcast about the team is probably not your necessarily you might be doing this more out of habit just as we are (laughs) Um, so thank you i just want you to know that we appreciate your listens more than ever right now with this this rough stretch and people who read the site and who still talk about the team and love the team when they are hard to love because boy are they hard to love that makes it much more fun for us uh when whether it's bad or good yeah, Folks so as always, I mean, it's eternal that the Mariners will struggle and they will make us miserable. But on the flip side of that, we all have each other. So Absolutely. shared, shared in our misery. All right. Well, thank you to John. Thank you to you for listening. And we will thank you to everybody who sent in questions. And we will talk to you all next week. You sheltered me from harm, kept me warm, kept me warm. You gave my life to me, set me free, set me free.
hopefully it won't suck.